Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. If you've ever cut a toddler's piece of toast the wrong way or put their lunch on the wrong plate, you'll know that the toddler brain can be a mysterious thing. They can lose their shizzle about the most puzzling things. Dr. Laura Jana is a paediatrician and author of The Toddler Brain, Nurture the Skills Today That Will Shape Your Child's Tomorrow. According to Laura, learning how to deal with these meltdowns can help us as parents help our children to develop emotional intelligence. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. I love reframing that, the whole how you deal with meltdowns as, you know, a pathway somewhere. Exactly. As it, right. It gives you some purpose other than just being frustrated. <laughs> yes. And, and the, the walls are closing in it, exactly. while they're screaming. And I have to tell you, you already gave me a flashback to the walls closing in and the, what are you crying about? <laughs> because my son, when he was two and, or no, he was one and his sister was two. And um, and he had a meltdown. We They were at the kitchen table. I had just served them all the food they liked, and I knew that they liked it. And I put his, you know, his noodles and his cucumbers and his, you know, milk and stuff out in front of him. And he took one look at it. He was one. And he started crying and crying and crying. And I'm like, and he was like, again, about one and a half. So not quite verbal couple words, but, um, and I could not figure out why he was so upset. I had cut his cucumbers. Like into small pieces, yeah, and they weren't circles, right? And I, I when I finally, because I could not figure out, I'm like, what is going on? Who knew you're not supposed to cut cucumbers into smaller pieces because then they're not good anymore. Anyways, keep going. Sorry, but that was the we can all I'm imagining relate to that that Absolutely. example. So, okay, firstly, why are they getting so upset? So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of ways of looking at how, you know toddler tantrums, and first of all, the ability to control. Your, you know, yourself, your emotions, and, and be aware of your own thoughts, feelings, actions, and then control them is part of what people refer to as sort of executive function skills. What I did was I sort of even distilled it down further because usually what happens if I say that, somebody who's really motivated has to go look up the definition of executive function skills. <laughs> and I can tell you what it is. It's cognitive flexibility and, and, emo- and um, impulse control and working memory. That doesn't really help you when your child's crying over cucumbers. What I did was I said, let's break this down and let's just talk about me skills, self-awareness, self-control, impulse control. Okay. And with that, it's like focus and attention. And it's not just an awareness, but then how do you learn to control your own emotions and feelings? We We know that those skills, that ability does not really pick up until the between the ages of three and five, at which point it's the one of the most rapid rate of development of skills. Of your whole life, age three to five, executive function skills, okay? And we know this because two-year-olds, you don't stand them on the side of the road, say don't run in it, and then say, oh, they're not going to, right? Because that's impulse control. Five-year-olds actually sometimes do quite a good job of learning those sorts of things until there's temptation put in front of them. Because if their puppy is on the other side of the road, you know that their executive function skills are not fully developed yet. They can't overcome the impulse to go get the puppy, but they, they start to learn it. So... When it comes to emotions, being able to even be aware of their own emotions and what they want, right? And then to be able to control the impulse, like I want it, but I can't have it. And then you layer on this, you know, two-year-olds are not great with vocabulary yet. 
right? They can put two words together, but that doesn't get their give them the ability to express their emotions, discuss it, say what they want, explain why they want it. Oh, well, that's a good reason. Now you can have it. So I always say if you walked around all day and you knew what you wanted and you saw other people getting what they wanted, but you couldn't get it and nobody helped you because nobody understood you, you might throw a fit when somebody <laughs> set cu- cucumbers in front of you. That's a really good way to look at like at toddlers. It's they're figuring out their own emotions. They're they're not really well equipped with the, you know, the control of their emotions. And as parents, I think the first thing to do is acknowledge if they're feeling emotions, they're feeling emotions. And, and the tendency, not just with two-year-olds, but all through life, we tend to do Oh, don't feel sad. Don't be, you know, don't be angry. The fact of the matter is what we really want to do is say they do feel sad or they do feel angry. And how do you help them constructively learn to be aware of it, be able to use their words instead of other alternatives, you know, like hitting and biting and throwing and screaming and things, because that's not so socially acceptable. That's where we kind of we can we can really make a big difference with something as simple but common and frustrating as, a, you know, a toddler meltdown. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm talking with Dr. Laura Jana. We're going to be talking about emotion coaching because it's something that you hear a lot about and may not know exactly why we do it. And to put it in context, we're talking about when our toddlers have tantrums and how we might handle it or how we might reframe it as, dare I say it, a learning experience for us as parents. Not a te- Well, it's a teaching moment for kids too, right, Laura? Oh, absolutely. And, and again, as a parent, you actually take some of your own stress away if you think of it as a teaching, like, you know, it's, it's a teachable moment as opposed to a parent failure, something's wrong with your child, this is so embarrassing because if my child does this in public, everyone's going to look at me. That's where I spend a lot of my time helping people understand what is normal expected pay- behavior. It's not ideal. It's not socially acceptable. But what's normal and what can you do to help your child learn to be constructive in, in dealing and 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 controlling their emotions and sharing their thoughts in ways that don't involve tantrums. And we'll get on to how we can help them identify their emotions. But something you said there makes me think um, these tools that we give parents to help their children identify their emotions, to help them control the impulses. It's not it's not a um, silver bullet, is it? Because sometimes you can think, oh, I'm doing all these things, but they're still having tantrums and blah, blah, blah. We can't. It's a it's a way to show them the right way. Let me, let me give you an example. So you've got two children. When they were babies, did you sing the alphabet to them? No. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. Okay, bad example. Okay, but here's the thing. If you sang the alphabet to them, because it's a cute song, do you expect them to be able to sing it back? Oh, God, no. No. And do you wait till the day before they go to school to introduce them to the alphabet? Because that at that point, they should be able to learn the alphabet. No, right? No. So the fact of the matter is, it's it's... We, sh- we should be starting early, but part of it is knowing what you can do for your child, and part of it is knowing what you should be able to expect from a child. And so that's where I focus. And so, for example, in the toddler brain, with each of these skills, including me skills, self-awareness, self-control, impulse control, but also we skills, is which is recognizing other people's emotions and perspectives and, and things, I said what are the developmental milestones so that you don't have the expectation of a one-year-old that's really something you expect of a five, or you should be able to expect of a five-year-old. Another good example is tying shoes. We don't, and, and we shouldn't, yell at two-year-olds who can't tie their shoes. You would get angry, mad, frust- you know, when a two-year-old can't tie their shoes because most people know that two-year-olds can't tie their shoes. 
The problem is we haven't until now, and that's partly why I really wanted to address this for parents, we haven't really gotten such a great grasp of on the social, emotional, cognitive side of things, what is realistic to expect of young children. Expecting a two-year-old to control their emotions, think through their actions. I told you don't, but you didn't think this. What were you thinking? Why did you do that? Expecting that of a two-year-old is like expecting them to be able to tie their shoes. The brain development isn't there. The neurons haven't connected that way yet. You are shaping it so that they will be able to. But two is not not the age that they're really skilled at that. That's when they're starting to learn that skill. Let's go back to the cut cucumbers. Yes. <laughs> oh, good. One of my best parenting <laughs> memories. Yes. Okay. So, so if you, uh, if Dr. Laura Jana, author of the Toddler Brain, could go back to Laura Jana, the mum with the squalling one and a half year old about the cucumbers how would you advise your your younger self to um to take him through that moment sure and and the first part of that is you know i already had the benefit of i was a pediatrician i was already doing a lot of this sort of look at parenting and how we approach it but I was also very tired. I had three kids in three and a half years. I was juggling, you know, seeing patients. My husband's a surgeon. We were busy and sleep deprived. And um, is recognized that we don't function as well as parents when we're tired or frustrated. And, you know, if you had an adult over for lunch and you put food in front of them and they started, like, screaming, <laughs> you just wouldn't invite them again. We don't take criticism well, right? So it becomes about you as opposed to the child. So first thing would be this isn't a reflection on you. And then it's the, I say, you know, to me, I've actually spent so long doing this that I actually think of it as, can you see the wheels turning in your child's brain, right? Something's going on. Kind of interesting to try to figure out what that is. Sometimes you go, oh, who knew, right? Because I would not have thought that cutting (laughs) them the wrong way. But also, and this, you know, and see what I've been doing a lot and what I did in the toddler brain, by the way, is these skills and these concepts are not unique to young children, In fact, they are the exact same skills that I talk about in the book um, that business, innovation, entrepreneurs care about. And in fact, the list of skills relates exactly to the World Economic Forum's list of skills that you need in the uh, 21st century to succeed. Okay, so it gets to a very large, but just same thing. You know, if you say, where is this? Where's the child coming from? And the first thing you want to do is acknowledge they are upset. And I think you know this as a parent, right? I don't have to be upset. You know, like it wouldn't have upset me. Put cucumbers in front of me. I eat them. I don't care. I'm not going to cry. But just because it doesn't upset me doesn't mean it doesn't upset you. So first is to validate. I'm, you know, and and again, if you were in the workplace, it'd be good if your coworker was upset to validate. I'm sorry, you're upset. You may not agree with them. You're not going to let them get away with something if they did something they weren't supposed to do. That doesn't mean you can't sympathize with how much, you know, emotional upset they have. So when it's your child doing that, that would be the first thing is if you look at it as, wow, I'm really sorry that he's that upset. Now, had I just told him he had to go to bed and he didn't want to go to bed, he was doing, I could still feel bad that he was that upset about it, but he's still going to bed, right? Like it's still, or he can't have more candy or he can't have those things. That's where I advise parents is look at it that way. And then again, you know, when kids aren't verbal, it's even that much harder. So, you know, I can't even remember quite how I, you know, he had enough words and things and then his three, you know, his three-year-old sister helped me figure it out and stuff. But had I not figured it out, then it would be help your child learn to deal with emotional upset. It maybe you sing to them, maybe you sit with them, you talk to them. If they're verbal, it's then it's the, well, why are you upset? Help them. And again, help start giving them the emotional vocabulary not just the flashcard, learn the alphabet, memorize your letters and numbers. But they also need emotional vocabulary 
start with themselves, but also this is where you also can get it from simple things. When you talked about the tools you need, the good news is you don't need to go buy anything if you are going to buy something. I vote books, right? Because when you sit and read and you're looking at characters in the book, what is what are you and your child doing together? You're saying, well, th-, and then you can discuss it. This character, like, this girl has a puppy, and look, oh, the puppy looks scared. And then, oh, well, why do you think she's scared? And what do you think she's going to do? What you are doing and narrating is helping them figure out emotions, options for how to deal with the emotions, how how one person's behavior or one puppy's behavior impacts somebody else's emotions. Those are lifelong skills. Those aren't just early childhood skills. But all of that can come from a conversation about a toddler who has a whole lot of emotional distress over cut cucumbers. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, you can acknowledge that they're upset and you may decide, I am not changing those cucumbers, not cutting them. But I still feel really bad that you're so upset and we can talk about it and here's how we approach it. So um, finally, just to wrap up, I guess in, um, let's say, where you finally worked out it was the cut cucumbers, sometimes you just cannot work out what has upset them. And that's where you say, just identify the feeling for them. Yeah, identify the feeling. And, you know, you don't have to teach two-year-olds like really serious life lessons. But the fact of the matter is sometimes you get what you want and sometimes you don't. Right. And so helping children from a very early age acknowledge their feelings, learn to control them or express them constructively. And again, it's not going to happen when they're two. Right. Like it's like, oh, they just got it. Now everything's great. But over those early years, we have such a huge opportunity to help them do that. That's what I suggest. And, you know, in my case, it turned out my daughter could care less. I Apparently, I, oh, I hadn't cut hers as small because <laughs> she was older. And so she just slid her bowl over and he just took the other one and everybody was happy. And I did not have to go cut more cucumbers. <laughs> that is a great way to end the interview. Laura, thank you so much for coming in. Always a pleasure to see you. That's Dr. Laura Jana. She's the author of The Toddler Brain, Nurture the Skills Today That Will Shape Your Child's Tomorrow. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.